I know it may sound simple, but it's more than a cliche. There's no better way to tell you than to say, God's been good in my life. I feel blessed beyond my wildest dreams when I go to sleep each night. And though I've had my share of hard times, I wouldn't change them if I could. Cause through it all, God's been good. Times replay and I can see that I've cried some bitter tears. But I felt his arms around me as I faced my greatest fears. I've had more gains and losses, and I've known more joy than hurt. As your grace rolled down upon me undeserved, God's been good in my life. I feel blessed beyond my wildest dreams when I go to sleep each night. And though I've had my share of hard times, I wouldn't change them if I could, cause through it all, God's been good, for God has been my Father, my Savior, and my friend. His love was my beginning, and His love will be my end. I could spend forever trying to tell you everything He is. But the best way I can say it is this, God's been good in my life. I feel blessed beyond my wildest dreams when I go to sleep each night. And though I've had my share of hard times, I wouldn't change them if I could, cause through it all, God's been
just hang on there a minute. say trouble comes in threes, we're at number three, but through it all, God's been good. Amen. Good to see you here tonight, sir, or this morning, whatever it is. I just got saved and baptized a few days ago. Amen. Good to see you. Good to see you. Good to see you. Good to see all of you today. Good to see the Karstens. I'm sorry they had to come all this way to hear me preach. Go to the same church. Michael, how you doing, sir? Good to see you. Yeah, good to see all of you. Well, uh, there's a lot going on in in the world. A lot going on in Christianity, and I'm doubting whether some of it is Christianity or not. Usually he introduces me and says, Brother Ben hasn't changed. Well, I've gotten older, gotten uglier. Who said amen? <laughs> Is that you? <laughs> he said he's going to make faces at me during the service. I said, well, that's normal. <laughs> Happens all the time anyway. Uh, but I was looking something up, and please forgive me for that. I normally don't do that, but I wanted to get the quote right. And so I looked up a quote, um, and this is the attitude of people today in Christianity. And they said, we are arguing over, listen to this, nonsense issues like dress standards, music standards, and Bible verses. So to a lot of people arguing over or defending which Bible is the right Bible is a nonsense issue. It's a nonsense issue. And the people that, and, and I, I made a statement to one of them even today, I said, I said, why, why is it, you, you, always, you never have anything else to talk about. You always talk about dress standards, music standards, and what Bible to use. That's all you ever talk about. Well, I know why. It's because they're trying to justify their lack of dress standards, their, their lack of music standards, and they're trying to justify the using of the wrong Bible. That's all they're trying to do. I get in debates with people all the time about the Bible. And when I talk about the Bible, I only mean the King James Bible. Now, those of you that have heard my messages on this, you, you know that. You understand that. Um, uh, the, the one guy uh, recently, he said, well, you know, the, the IFB people, well, that's us. You know, they, they're just as bad as the Catholics. I said, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, the Catholics, back when I was growing up, they only used the Latin Bible. I mean, you couldn't read it, couldn't understand it unless you spoke or understood Latin. I would go to their mass, which I was not a Catholic, but I would go occasionally, rarely, with a friend of mine, and they were Catholic, 
and I'd go in the Catholic service, and I didn't understand the thing they said because it was all in Latin. And they're trying to equate us with that. Well, no, we don't encourage you to read a book you can't understand. We encourage, we encourage you to read a book that you do understand, can understand. And it's the King James Bible. So they talk all the time, Brother Carstens, about, well, we, the King James Bible needs to be updated. Well, we've got a hundred, over 160 different versions of the Bible in the English language. When will you be satisfied? I ask a guy that. When will you be satisfied? And again, it's not that he's trying to, well, it needs to be updated. No, it doesn't need to be updated. It doesn't need to be updated. You're just trying to justify your use of anything but the King James Bible. That's all you're trying to do. That has nothing to do with the message. Well, it kind of sort of does, but anyway. And then, and then I, you know, Wednesday night you preach uh, on, and, and you ask a question, and you kind of ask it again this morning, but I think Wednesday night you phrased it this way, when is truth not truth? When is truth not truth? I'll answer that question tonight, and we'll answer a little bit this morning. And, uh, but, you know, I, I was thinking of the, the different, uh, all the different bi so-called Bible. I only call one the Bible. King James Bible. I don't call. I don't call it a version, because a version means there's others of the same kind, and there's not anything in the English language. All the rest of them are versions. This is the Bible. Okay, I'm settled. I've been, I've been saved now for 50 years. A little bit shorter of time than he has. He's older than me, and uh, and the salvation anyway. Um, but I, I've been I've been reading and studying the Bible for 50 years, and it has yet to be hard to understand. And I've used all the tools that go along with it and all the tools that I've ever used, the concordances and everything else, the dictionaries and all that, they have never contradicted what the King James Bible Amen. has said. Amen. Not in 50 years. Amen. You can trust it 100%. You can trust it 100%. Well, I want you to, speaking of the Bible, <clears throat> speaking of the Bible go to Genesis chapter number 2. <clears throat> Genesis chapter number 2. Now, now here, here's your heads up, okay? I, I'm going to give you a heads up here. We're going to read some verses out of Genesis chapter 2 and chapter 3. And then I'm not going to say anything more about it until the very end of the message. So when I get back to Genesis chapter 2 and chapter number 3, you will know that the plane is landing and we're about to get off the thing and go somewhere and eat. Okay? And uh, so that's, that's the key thing there today. But anyway, Genesis chapter number 2 and verses number 16 and 17, Genesis 2. 16 and 17. And uh, the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. And we're going to pray. your help today. I've lost sleep this week because of problems, because of people, because of situations, because of Christianity even. 
and how people, Father, are turning in the wrong direction and doing such wrong things because of it. And I understand a little bit now when Paul said he had the care of all the churches. I kind of understand it. Because, Father, I get texts from pastors. I get calls. I get messages. And I got one, Father, remember, pray for such and such a church here in Ohio. They're about to turn and go the wrong direction. Well-established church has been in the state for years. Father, I just pray that you help us in this room. I can't help those churches today. I can't help those pastors this morning. All I can do is help the people that's within earshot of this message, whether it be in person or online. But I pray, Father, that you help us to understand some things about the Bible that maybe some have never thought of, never understood before. Nothing new, just pointing back in the same direction. So, Father, thank you for loving us. And if somebody here is not saved, I pray they'll get saved today. Thank you for the ones that got saved yesterday. And uh, thank you for all that you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible is not an American book. It's for all nations. First time I preached in another country was in Haiti. And in Haiti, the first thing I did was stood up and I held my Bible up and I said, I am not here to make you an American Christian. This is not an American book. This book is for all countries, all nations, all people. But here in Genesis chapter number 2, verses 16 and 17, again, look at it. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. Now let's look at the punctuation there. At the, at, after the word eat, is that a period, yes or no? No. So God, is, God continues to speak to, to Adam and, and continues to tell him what not to do or what to do and what not to do. So verse 16, the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. In Matthew chapter 4, I think it is, verse number 4, when Jesus was tempted by Satan to eat, to turn the stone into bread, Jesus said, it is written, thou shalt not uh, live by, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And a, a preacher in, in history said, if I have to live of every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, then I must have every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Your versions leave out words. They leave out chap, uh, half chapters. They leave out verses. And, and I've taught you this before. And But here we have God telling Adam what he can eat from and what he cannot eat from. It's an amazing thing to me that when people who are not right with God, they'll concentrate on what God says I can do but not concentrate on what God says I can't do. Because they don't want to hear that. Okay, They don't want to hear that. I mean, Brother Carson, I just heard 
just this week of another friend whose wife has committed adultery on him. But they have liberty, they say, they say in Christ. They have this new freedom that they have. And they used to be solid on the King James Bible. The man used to say that he was going to be a, a missionary to Spain. And then he never went, and then he got involved with business and and the young lady who grew up in a, in a godly home who was taught right from the Bible, she now has this freedom to dress however she wants to dress in front of people. And she would go to work, and because of, because of her dress, a man who was married to somebody else is attracted to her, and they end up committing adultery. I know that there are people that are that were King James and they're straight and they end up committing adultery too. I get it. I understand. But they, these, these people, they say, well, we have liberty. Well, your liberty does not give you the right to sin. Your freedom, your freedom in Christ does not give you the right to live any way that you want to live. The Bible says that last, the last verse, I think it is, in the book of Judges, every, because there was no king, every man did that which was right in their own eyes. Now, I have, I have added a little bit to that. Okay, I just added a phrase to the end of it. I'm not changing the Bible. I'll add a little phrase to it. You'll understand it here in a second. Since there was no king in the land, every man did that which, which was right in their own eyes, even if it was wrong. They still did it because in their own eyes, it's okay. So you start turning from the Bible, you're going to do that which is right in your own eyes. But David did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. That's where we should be. But the Bible here, now look at chapter 3, verse number 1. This is all introduction. We'll get to the message here in a minute. And it goes quick because I'm hungry. I don't know where we're going to eat. Do you know yet where we're going to eat? No, you're still thinking about it. Okay. Ask, ask your wife. She'll, she'll sell the whole thing. Okay. And uh, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're still mourning today. <laughs> we played golf yesterday and we beat him. Ain't that, amen, Brother Soren? Yeah. Him and Brother Ben. Sorry about that. They just had a bad day, I'm sure. Chapter 3, verse number 1. Chapter 3, verse number 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. It means he was more sneaky than any of the rest of them. He was more subtle. Than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the, of the garden. Now, what's the punctuation after the word garden? Question mark. Was there a, what was the punctuation after God said in chapter 2, verse number 16, he said you could eat of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. What, what, was the, what was the punctuation there? Was it a period? Yes or no. Was it a question mark? Yes or no. Was it an exclamation point? Yes or no. 
No, the sentence went on, which means everything that God said was after the word eat. Satan comes along, and first of all, he says, Yea, hath God said, now come on, did God really say that? I'll get back to that at the end of the message. Don't want to get ahead of myself. So he's more, the serpent is more subtle than any beast of the field. And he comes to the woman and says, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Did he say everything that God said? So the implication by the devil is, hey, God, did, did, did God really say, okay, did, what had God said? Didn't he say that you can eat of every tree of the garden? Is that what he said, yes or no? No. He said you can eat of every tree, but not the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So there's one tree that God left out of that, said you can eat, you can eat of all the rest of them, but don't touch that one. Don't eat from that one. Because in the day that you eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. And so Satan comes along and he changes. He, he calls, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, never mind, stop. The Bible is not an American book. It is for everybody. It's for all nations. Hang on to Genesis. We'll be back there. God is not a respecter of persons nor of nations. When Peter had this vision about eating everything, remember the sheet come down and there's all sorts of animals on it, and, and God said, Peter, arise and eat. And Peter said, I'm going to paraphrase it, he said, no, Lord, I, I can't eat of, of that those animals because those are animals I'm not supposed to eat of, okay? Like pork and like fish with, fish with no scales and all this stuff the split hoof and all this, you know, chew the cud and whatever. And, I, and I'm glad that after, after Noah got off the ark, God said you can eat of all the animals now too. But anyway, yes, give me, give me a good old steak anytime. Medium well, not rare. But anyway, yeah, I know, but you talked about it the other day or somebody did. Yeah, I know, ew, yuck. Anyway, just, just put it on the heat just for two seconds and let me have it. No, no, no. We don't eat the blood, and we anyway. Okay. Now God's not respecting. So, so Peter sees this sheet comes down, and and God says, "Go ahead and eat." And Peter said, "Not so, Lord, because I'm not eating anything that's unclean. I'm not going to do it." But the lesson that God was trying to teach him is this: There's no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. There's no difference in anybody. There's no there's no difference in any nationality. There's no difference in any skin color. There's no difference in any level of education. There's no difference between male or female. And did you notice I didn't notice I didn't mention the other 96 different genders? Because there are no 96 other genders. It's only male and female. And if you're born a male, you're a male. And if you're born a female, you're a female. And you say, well, what about all these, you know, there's, there's all this stuff going on. And, you know, in, in, uh, in Zimbabwe, they called me Nkomo. That was my name they called me. My, and it was a national hero. So they named me after a national hero in Zimbabwe. Now, when I was in Uganda, they, 
I, they, would, they would introduce me, this, they would, and they called me Brother Man in Uganda. I was there in September. I'm born again just in a couple, I'll be in Uganda again in a couple weeks. And they, 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 they said, this is Brother Man. Who are you? My name, my name is Man. And they said, no, that's what you are. What's your name? I said, my last name is Man. No, I understand. You are a man, but what is your name? And so they, they couldn't they couldn't make the, the difference there. They couldn't, you know, that's my name. I am a man and I you know, and that's my name. Okay. So for years and years and years, for twenty some years, I'm known around the country as the preacher whose wife is a man. Because that's her last name. Okay, you understand that. Kids, you all understand that? Okay. I'm not some weird. I'm not some weird guy up here, but so, but because of it, because, and so in in uh, Uganda they call me. They started calling me Masaja, Masaja, which means big man. I'll take that. There's a pastor there. His name is Kasaja, which means little man, and he was a little bit bigger than me. And so I would go up to him and say, "Me Masaja." I've had to update the joke about the man name, okay? My last name is Man, so I, but I've had to update it because of the times and everything. So I identify as a man. Okay, understand? I identify as a man. My wife transitioned as a man <laughs> 50 years ago. That's the new one. She's, she doesn't know about that one. She's going to hate that one just as much as she hates the rest of them. Okay. But there are no 96 other genders. There's only male and female. You can't trans, you can't, you can't change from being a male to a female. You cannot change from being a female to a male. And why people want to have pink and purple hair, I have no idea. But anyway. Okay, that's not, that's not in the message. That's nowhere in there. But the gospel is, is just as much for them as it is for anybody else. Amen. I see somebody who's, who's different, and the gospel goes for them just as much as it does for me. There's no difference. Because God is not a respecter of persons or of nations. And Peter, in his answer, he said, but in every, he said, in every nation... He that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The whole world, the Bible is for the whole world and God is for the whole world. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. That means everybody. That means everywhere. That means every country. That means if you've transitioned or not transitioned. That means if you're straight. That means if you're, if you're not straight. God, God does not accept those sins. Are you with me? And we still should not accept those sins because it still says it's an abomination to the Lord. And if it makes him sick, it ought to make us sick. Just so I want to make that clear. I don't want you to think, well, he's accepting everything. No, I'm not accepting everything. I'm not. I'm sorry, I'm not. But the Bible is for the whole world. God is for the whole world. In a parable in Matthew 13, 38, don't turn there, it says the field is the world. So as we scatter the seed, the field is the world. So no matter where you go, you take the seed of the word of God and you scatter it. 
because it's good for the whole world. God wants all the world saved. He wants everybody to be saved. He's not a respecter of persons. He's not a respecter of nations. This is not an American book. It's in English, and that's what the 90, 99% of us in the country read, and, and we can understand that when you have the Holy Spirit especially. But, when, but listen to me. This is not just an American book. We have the Bible in many, many, many different languages, and there are many languages even today and many dialects that do not have the Word of God. A man in Kenya, he's waiting for me to come. I'm, I'm hoping to meet him when I go to Uganda. It's right next door to Kenya. He texts me and he said, can you get me some Swahili Bibles? My people need some Swahili Bibles. And so I said, okay, let me work on it. Let me work on it. And so there, you know, these Swahili Bibles, and, and I'm looking for them, and I, I have a friend who is very involved in Bible interpretation in the different languages, and I asked him, I said, is there a good translation of a Swahili Bible? Now, there are Swahili Bibles available, but that's not a, they're, not good, they're not a good interpretation, not, not a good translation, not, not good at all. So I text the man in Kenya back. I said, look, there's, there's not a good one available. Can your people read English? And they said, yes. Okay, I'll, bring, I'll get you 25 King James Bibles then because his people can read English. Are, are you with me? So there, but, but God wants everybody to be saved. He wants everybody to have the word of God. And, and that's why they translated it. They said, we want, they, we want the Bible in, in the vulgar, in our own, or in the common language. That's why they translated it. That's why they translated the word of God in all these different languages so they can not only, they, they, the, the writers, the translators said this. They said, we, we not only have the, uh, the word of God being spoken to us through the preacher, but we can have the word of God speaking to us through the printed page. And again, it does you no good to sit in a service and you don't understand what's being said. That's why the Spanish folks went downstairs. All we know is, hola, como esta? Besides that, we know burritos and enchiladas. And now I'm getting more hungry. But anyway, Matthew 24, 14, it says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world. Mark 16, 15, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Well, that tells me there's no wrong place to go and there's no wrong person to talk to. We got to get. And I did. I did a podcast, and I, I got it out. To, I got uploaded it today. I left the house a little bit early, and I, and I went and, and I uploaded it. And got me an orange juice. And uh, but I'm, we got to get past the idea that the only time you can witness to somebody is on Saturday. Amen. Come to Saturday soul winning, because otherwise you probably won't talk to anybody. But there are lost people on Monday. That's right. Amen. Yeah. You didn't know that? You got to write that down on your yellow pad. Hey, folks, I'm a convert. Notice the color. <laughs> you got a convert. There's no wrong place to, 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 to tell somebody about Christ, no wrong person to talk to. Well, they look saved. Talk to them anyway because you don't know them. 
Well, I may not be able to speak their language. Okay, try. I mean, I ran into a guy yesterday from Somalia, and it didn't hurt very bad, but we ran, I ran into him, and he couldn't speak English. And I gave him a track, and I said, have somebody read this to you. <laughs> and he looked at me like, huh? <laughs> I had no idea what I said, but anyway. I said, church. He said, church. I said, yes, come. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've failed. But anyway, I, I, went to Me- I went to Mexico. We were there, we were there in Mexico for a week. I can't speak Spanish. I, I can't. I took Spanish in the ninth grade. Do you know when that was? That was 1964, for crying out loud. I'm supposed to remember that? So I don't speak Spanish, so I, I'm kind of, you know, trying to talk to people and El Gospel, El Churcho, El Camano. We've heard that. We've heard that before, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> I'm having flashbacks. I'm sorry. Uh, but I got on the bus and uh, we took a bunch of college students down there, and every night we'd cross the border back into El Paso, stay in El Paso, then get up the next day and go into Juarez, Mexico, which is one of the dangerous places in the world. Thankfully, the cartel had a ceasefire because they knew we were coming. <laughs> and uh, but I, I got we, la, the last night uh, we're heading back towards home, and I said I'm never going back to Mexico again until I learn Spanish. Well, I still haven't learned it and haven't been back to Mexico. But anyway, but the gospel is for everybody. Every language, the Bible is for every nation and every people. God is not a Calvinist. Second Peter 3, 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but his long-suffering password, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He wants everybody to get saved. And he gives everybody the opportunity to get saved. Revelation 7, 9, here's a prophecy about something that's going to happen in the future. It said, After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed it with white robes and palms in their hands. And those people that don't like dress standards are not going to like that because they're going to have to stand there in white. If they show up in anything else, the God is going to say, oh, you're not in the wedding garment. Get out. That's a dress standard. Oh, my goodness. Did I, did I get back on that again? I'm sorry. Turn to Galatians chapter number 1. Galatians chapter number 1. Now, we're, we're about ready to land back in Genesis. But Galatians chapter number 1. I'm turning there in my King James Bible. This King James Bible is a little bit different because it has a long kind of rawhide piece of thing here that always gets in the way. This is called a circuit rider's Bible, and I'm a circuit rider, so I thought it quite appropriate to have this one. But anyway, Galatians chapter number 1, verse number 6 is where I'm going to start. Galatians 1, 6. I marvel that you're so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto what? Another gospel. Which is not another. But there be some of you, uh, there be some that trouble you and would do what? Pervert the gospel of Christ. Now let me add another word in here. Not changing the word of God at all. 
I marvel that you're so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ and to another gospel, which is, another, which is not another of the same gospel. But there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel. The word pervert means to change the original design or to change the original purpose of something. God made us male and female. When you change that, you have perverted it. My sister one time said, talking about a distant family member who is, is homosexual, she said he's not a pervert, meaning he has not done anything with children. But the word pervert means, again, to change the original design or the original purpose. You change the original purpose. And the Bible says that men would be with men and, and, going, and that goes against nature. Forget the Bible just for a second. It goes against nature. They change the natural use of the body. They pervert it and change it to something it was not designed for. Are, are you with me? I know I'm, I'm talking about a lot of things here that's not po politically correct. I knew a long time ago that that politically correct thing was going to end up getting us in a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble. And we're there. Because if you do not agree with them, then you are not right. Well, I don't go by what they say. I go by the book. If that upsets people, I'm sorry. I have witnessed to, to men who are gay. I've witnessed to ladies who are lesbians. I give them the same gospel that I give anybody else. I go to different nations all the time, and I, I talk to people in different nations, but it's the same gospel. And God wants everybody to get saved. I, I don't care who they are. I don't care who they are. I don't care what they're doing. I don't care how they live. I don't care their education. I don't care what they look like. I don't care if they wear glasses or they don't wear glasses. I, I don't care if they have long hair like the ladies do or they have short hair like the young men like the young men do. I don't care who it is. Doesn't matter. It's the same gospel. It's the same. Second Timothy two two and the things which thou hast heard of me among many witnesses the same. Commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. We're not to change it. Right. We're not to pervert the gospel. Right. It's Amen. this gospel that we're supposed to preach. It's this word of God. We're not to preach another gospel. Right. We're not Amen. to pervert the gospel. It's the same. And I'm glad it's the same. You know, a, a guy told me one time, he said, I, ha I have to study from 20 different versions in order to find out what God says. Can you imagine how heavy that suitcase would be if I had to carry 20 different versions with me everywhere? I don't need 20 different versions. They, cha they changed it. I've got the same thing right here. It's fine. It works. It worked for me back in February 1973 when I trusted Christ and I've been reading it ever since. I didn't have college education then, but I knew what the these and thous meant. I'm not smart. I'm a smart aleck. 
they would preach the same gospel that they had received, not a different one. The Bible is the same in any language. Again, that's why any translation must be carefully done or chosen. It must have the same words and it must have the same meaning. Are, are you with me? Back to Genesis. You say, well, boy, we're going to go eat. Well, I haven't, didn't tell you how long this is going to take. <laughs> I, I've got uh, my, my message tonight. This, this message is the same words. That's the title of it, the same words. Okay? The message tonight is the same interpretation. So we'll come back tonight. But in Genesis chapter number two, look at it again with me, please. And you already remember where the period or where the period is and where it is not. You understand that. Verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. Is there a period there again? Yes or no? No. But of the tree of, of, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. So you got all these trees that you can eat from. But that one over there, don't eat from it. Because in the day that you do, thou shalt surely die. Genesis 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And my answer to that is no, that's not what he said. You see how slick it is just to change the word of God just a little bit. God says you can eat from all the, from these five trees that are here, but you can't eat from this one. said, you can eat from these five trees, but you cannot eat from this one. Satan changed it and said, you can eat from all of them. And guess what happened? She did. And he changed it enough that he said, look, you can eat from all of them, and, and thou shalt not surely die. He's calling God a liar. It's not God who's a liar, it's Satan who's a liar, right. and he's the father of it. Right. So anytime you see a change taking place, it's not God who does it, it's Satan who does it. Right. Acts 8.37 is missing in a lot of the versions. Right. It's missing. And these, these people that say, well, we have liberty and we have freedom and we can use whatever version we want to use or we got to use 20 versions to find out what God says, They'll, they'll come to this Bible and they'll say, but, but you know, all these changes hasn't changed any doctrine. Oh, yes, it has. Acts 8.37 is missing in their Bible. Let me read to you what it says in our Bible. In Acts chapter 8, verse number 36. Keep your finger there. I, I told you. I, I, I didn't tell you how long that Genesis would last. <laughs> In Acts chapter number 8, verse number 36, after preaching to the Ethiopian eunuch about Jesus from the Old Testament, he said in verse number 36, and, and as they went on their way, they came to a certain water, 
And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. Now you tell me, does a person get saved before they get baptized? Yes, they get saved before they get baptized. We find that in Acts and other places. They, they got saved before they got baptized. You trusted Christ as your personal Savior the other night. Then you got baptized. That's the biblical order of this thing. Okay? And, and that's how all of us did, hopefully. Okay? I was sprinkled in a Methodist church when I was a baby. Sprinkled. I don't remember it. They told me I was there, but I don't know. Okay? Sprinkled. I was not born again until I got 22 years old. But for 22 years, Mrs. Karsten, I thought I was a Christian because I got sprinkled in a Methodist church. 22 years, I thought I was a Christian. Even though I didn't act like it, I didn't know anything about the Bible, never went to church. Didn't want to go to church. I've often told this story, and I'm, I'm mindful of the time. I often told this story how that before, okay, the girl that I dated before I met my wife, who is now my wife, that girl's dad wanted me to go to church with him, but the reason I would not go to church with him is because he would go home just as drunk as I would go home. Didn't say anything different there. Not only that, the the Methodist pastor of that church, he said he's going to smoke some dope so he could relate to the teenagers. I'm thinking, that's you know, what's the difference between him and me? I was smoking dope too. Third reason was I was in a rock and roll band. The church has hired my band to play for their kids, and that's back in the 60s. And we made fun of those churches because they hired my band. And I said, there's nothing Christian about our music. And there's nothing Christian about rock and roll music today, especially the stuff in churches. I've never told this story. I thought about it the other day. Another reason I never went to church is because the mother of one of our trumpet players was an avowed atheist. And she was a Democrat, which means there's no difference. But anyway, well, that's true today. And many Republicans the same. But she was an avowed atheist. But she went to church every Sunday because the Lutheran church paid her to play the pipe organ every Sunday atheist and I said there's nothing real about Christianity then I met Sherry and her mom and dad who lived a Christian life Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday Friday, Saturday and Sunday now they were wrong on some things and we're wrong on some things 
one thing I'm, I'm not. I'm not wrong. Did you hear that, Sherry? I am not wrong. I'm pointing at the guy up there, but he doesn't look anything like Sherry. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. I wouldn't kiss that mug, that's for sure. <laughs> I bet you were really cute when you had blonde hair once. Yeah, he's, he's saying, yeah. change the doctrine. Yes, it does. And, and that's a trick of Satan. That's a trick of the devil. That's a, He's subtle. He's sneaky. And he's going to lie about what God said. He's going to cause you to deny what God said. He's going to cause you to go against what God said. So the words were not the same. The meaning was changed. This caused doubt in Eve in what God originally said and it led to temptation, then sin and God's displeasure and it affected everybody else because after they sinned, it put all of mankind under the curse. Amen. 1631, I'm done with Genesis. In 1631, the king's printer printed an, another batch of the King James Bible. They would print a bunch and they would get sold and they'd have to print some more and they'd get sold. So they were getting low, so the king said, print some more. Back in those days, there was no computer. You didn't type the words in and all that kind of thing and there were no printing machines. There, were, there was nothing. But they had the printing press. And the person would have to sit down and letter by letter, backwards, put the type in the case that would hold it, and they would print off the page and go to the next page. So 1631, the king said, I want you to make another batch because we're getting low of King James Bibles. So he did. This printing of the King James Bible became known as the Wicked Bible. Wow. 
they found one word missing. In the book of Exodus, it says, Thou shalt not commit adultery. In the 1631 version, you're ahead of me, sister. In the 1631 version, it says, Thou shalt commit adultery. They left out the word not. When you left out the word not, Michael, it changed what it meant. You can't mess with God's word. You may not like what it says, but it still says what it says. And you can't mess with it. If you add a word or take away a word, it says in Revelation there will be a curse put upon you. I told somebody recently, you know, I get in all these debates and everything. And but I told somebody recently, I said, okay, I think God will forgive me if I err on the side of having too many words than on the side of not having all of the words. Amen. I'd much rather take the chance and have all the words than to know that I don't have all the words. So King James Bible, only one I recommend in the English language. Because it has it all. It doesn't have verse 37 missing. It doesn't have verse 37 in a side note. It doesn't have verse 36 and then the number 37 and no verse and then verse number 38. It doesn't have verse number 37 in there with an asterisk by it and then out to the side say this is not in the original. This is Yes, it is. I've, I've seen the, the thing. It's called the Texas Receptus. I read the Greek. I study the Greek. I don't know the Greek. Well, except the guy down the road has his shop. But anyway, don't mess with God's word. You have to have the same words that God said. The same words. And the same words that God said is this. You must be born again. And if you've never personally trusted Christ as your Savior, I beg you. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you are politically. I don't care if you're thinking about this transition thing. I, 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 I do care about that. Don't do it. Because it, it's just nothing but torture for the rest of your life. But there is a difference in where you will spend eternity. There is heaven, which is where we want everybody to go. And there is a hell where we don't want anybody to go. That's why we knock on your door. That's why we preach the gospel. That's why we talk. That's why we run buses and vans and step vans and all that we do. Because we want people to go to heaven. There'll be no more death. No more sickness. No more pain. No more series of three problems that come up in your life. It's gone. 
to be absolutely wonderful. And the older you get, the more you look forward to it. Because you don't want any more of the problems. You don't want any more of the texts. You don't want any more of the phone calls. You don't want any more of the doctor's appointments. You don't want any more of the heartbreak, the heartache of life. Jesus said, you must be 